Now, this radio here, it's community radio, and it's dedicated to human rights and social justice. So, social justice. We'll just look it up later. You can Google it. We want to end all wars. It's very important. I am going to end you in two seconds if you don't put that down. I swear to God. This is Mike Dillon from planet earth and you are listening to 102.3 whiv dash lp new orleans community radio dedicated to human rights and social justice end all wars that's the sound of your turn signal use it let other riders and drivers know where you are turning it will help save lives remember Turn signals save lives. This is 102.3 WHIVLPFM in New Orleans. We are a community radio dedicated to human rights and social justice. Please consider donating at WHIVFM.org. It's communities like ours that help to support progressive programming. At WHIV, we support ending all wars.
I know that uh, everybody is worried about a whole lot of things. We're talking about health care now. We're talking about uh, Trump and the Russians and God knows what else. But there is a very important issue out there that I hope uh, you don't sweep under the rug because it is of just profound significance uh, to our country and the dissemination of information. And that deals with net neutrality. Net neutrality is about is that everybody in our country has the same access to the same information, that the Internet remains free of corporate control. And that is vitally important because we're looking at a world in which fewer and fewer large media conglomerates control what we read, uh, what we see, and what we hear. And the Internet has been a very powerful antidote uh, to that type of corporate control. When the FCC took steps to preserve net neutrality in 2015, it was the result of grassroots activism, i.e. you, millions of Americans, who stood up and fought back and demanded that the FCC protect an open and free Internet. That victory ensured that the Internet remains a space for the open exchange of ideas and information, free of discrimination and corporate control. In other words, it remained a tool by which small businesses had the same opportunities as large multinational corporations, as somebody putting out a blog uh, concerned about politics or news had the same opportunities as CNN or CBS. That's a big deal, and we cannot afford to lose that. Uh, as you know, the telecom industry now and Trump's FCC are trying to undo the progress uh, that we've made. What the telecom industry and their friends, including the FCC chairman, uh, Mr. Pai, are trying to do is to change the fundamental architecture of the Internet, to divide the Internet into slow lanes and into fast lanes and to restrict information and content. They want to allow big corporations like Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon to control content online. And needless to say, that would be a disaster. Corporations like Comcast could give preference to the news outlets that they like, uh, including NBC, which they own, and stick independent media with slow speeds or restrict competing outlets completely. And national retailers could buy greater access to customers while mom-and-pop stores are left in the dust. Since its inception, the Internet has been an extraordinary tool of democracy. It has allowed the dissemination of ideas and enabled entrepreneurs to build companies. At this moment, when our democratic institutions are in peril, when they're under severe attack in every sense from the Trump administration, ending net neutrality protections would be devastating. Now more than ever, we need a free and open Internet. Now is the time to stand together and stop this attempt to auction off the Internet to the highest corporate bidders, to dismantle protections that keep the Internet a space for the open exchange of ideas and information and free of discrimination. Let's stand up, let's fight back, and let's protect net neutrality. Thank you.
life does get tough, no need to stress, hold you back too much. Let's go, heard you found a solution, where you be for the revolution. Hi, this is Sam Price. I host Soul Shine Radio every Tuesday night from 10 to 12. I believe in WHIV's mission of radio programming dedicated to human rights and social justice, which is why I'm not just a DJ here at the station, I'm a member too. Join me. Become a member today by visiting whivfm.org and click donate. Thanks. Peace.
seven summits and I swam the seven seas. But the road I must travel, its end I cannot see. Well, I fought in the jungles and I fought in the streets. But the road I must travel, its end I cannot see. Well, once I had a reason, don't know what it could be. And the road I must travel, its end I cannot see. Well, I sang to myself that I want to be free. But the road I must travel, its end I cannot see. Desert and was burned in the heat, but the road I must travel, its end I cannot see. Well, I crossed the frozen wasteland in the bitter cold, did freeze, and the road I must travel, its end I cannot see. And I will knock on every door, for I do not have a key. And the road I must travel, its end I cannot see. Well, I sang to myself that I wanna be free, but the road. Travel, it's end I cannot see. They shot a man in Soho, couldn't guess his age. I found his empty journal, I filled up every page. I called up my state senator, they said he wasn't there. The secretary took my name, and man, she sounded scared. So I counted my misfortunes. I added up the blame. I picked through all the garbage. I checked off all the names. I read in the newspaper. They questioned all my friends. They hoped that they could find my ass before I struck again. So I sang to myself that I wanna be free, but the road I must travel.
Why you never see bright colors on my back And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone Well there's a reason for the things that I have on I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime But is there because he's a victim of the time I wear the black for those who've never read Or listened to the words that Jesus said About the road to happiness through love and charity Why you think he's talking straight to you and me Well, we're doing mighty fine, I do suppose In our streak of lightning, cars and fancy clothes But just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back Up front there ought to be a man in black I wear it for the sick and lonely old For the reckless ones whose bad trip left them cold I wear the black in mourning for the lives that could have been. Each week we lose a hundred fine young men. And I wear it for the thousands who have died. Believing that the Lord was on their side. I wear it for another hundred thousand who have died. Believing that we all were on their side. Changing everywhere you go But till we start to make a move To make a few things right You'll never see me wear a suit of white Oh, I'd love to wear a rainbow every day And tell the world that everything's okay But I'll try to carry off a little darkness on my back Till things are brighter, I'm the man in black. Thank you. you know, I talked to several... I talked with several of you people at the campus when I went out to visit the campus to look around the other day. I talked with several of you, and we asked each other a lot of questions. I asked you questions, you asked me questions, and I did for a song started brewing then. And since I saw you last Saturday, I wrote this song. And I just finished writing this song, the fourth or fifth rewrite this morning, so that's why I've got to have the cards to remind myself of what the words are, the last version I wrote. This song is a... A very personal thing, I suppose you might say, but it's the way I feel about a lot of things. This song is called The Man in Black. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Why you never see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance always have a somber tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on 
I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down. Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. And I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime, but still is there because he's a victim of the time. I wear the black for those who've never read or listened to the words that Jesus said about the road to happiness through love and charity. Why, you'd think he's talking straight to you and me. Well, we're doing mighty fine, I do suppose. In our streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes. But just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back up front, there ought to be a man in black. I wear it for the sick and lonely old. For the reckless ones whose bad trip left them cold. I wear the black in mourning for the lives that could have been. Each week we lose a hundred fine young men. And yes, I wear it for the thousands who have died. Believing that the Lord was on their side. And I wear it for another hundred thousand who have died. Believing that we all were on their side. Well, there's things that never will be right, I know. And things need changing everywhere you go. But till we start to make a move, to make a few things right, you'll never see me wear a suit of white. I'd love to wear a rainbow every day to tell the world that everything's okay. But maybe I can carry off a little darkness on my back Till things are brighter I'm the man in black This is Tiff from Givers and you're listening to 102.3 WHIV LP in New Orleans a community radio station dedicated to human rights and social justice as Ron Finley, the gangster gardener, said, growing your own food is like printing your own money. Print it, baby. Print it hard. Thought that we'd be bound by the law. 
I've seen a lot of pain, but I don't want to write a love song for the world. I just want to write a song about a boy and a girl. Chuggies on the corner always calling my name. And the kids on the corner playing ghetto games. When I saw you getting down, girl, I hope it was you. And when I look into your eyes, I knew it was true. I said, hey. Nina Turner from Cleveland, Ohio. You are listening to 102.3 WHIV LP New Orleans Community Radio dedicated to human rights and social justice in all wars. This afternoon we want to talk about the ballot or the bullet. Yo, yo. 
The time is ticking, the seconds are non-existent Melodic rhythms to soothe the chronic sicknesses Put aside economic differences This is not the genesis Maybe the revelation the television Showing demonic images I am an immigrant So the Abercrombie citizens Wanna bottle me into an awful prison system All you're listening, your mission is to know what your position is I'll be gone in 60 seconds for political sentences Bang! Pulling the trigger, pulling the strings Is a ruling regime A bully that fully understands what you're doing during your sleep Curiously, keeping an eye like security Are you hearing me? What they're doing is weak sauce Underneath God, there shouldn't be any middlemen Benefiting off of the innocent men and women Struggling, trying to get them some medicine Making minimum to diddly squat These messages I'm riddling cause I finna get popped This message might self-destruct So if it blows up in my face, will you help me up? They might come assassinate me Then tell all of y'all I was just exaggerating I hope that it finally hits you And after it does, know that they'll be coming to get you We're shooting out bullets of truth we're shooting now, bullets of truth. Meet the quota, secret folders. They can't let the people know the evil motives. These controllers speaking code and decompose the weaker foes. They keep the soldiers overseas, defeat opponents. Freedom's over exactly what Katrina showed us all. The oldest and the boldest with cojones. Gotta step up to the coldest global holders. Gotta show the man some pressure. Go toe to toe and overthrow. Go and show him the aggressor to the poets and professors. To the soldiers and the shepherds. Go and get your weapons homes. This is just a stepping stone. Picket signs and megaphones. The famous and the lesser known. Everybody get along. Can't journey on this trek alone. All the things they tell him wrong. I might make a second song. Cause the list is hella long The history is ash and stone Step out of your comfort zone We're just puppets pumping chrome Wanting something no one owns Why they tap into our phones And put bugs inside our homes What is really going on? This message might self-destruct So if it blows up in my face Will you help me up? They might come assassinate me Then tell all of y'all I was just exaggerating I hope that it finally hits you And after it does Know that they'll be coming to get you We're shooting now Bullets of truth we're shooting now, bullets of truth. We have a gang of questions that haven't been answered yet. Why we slanging weapons to our terrorist threats? In the last election, we ain't know where our votes went. Since the last depression, we haven't had this much debt. While the gas investors are only seeing success since the past few seconds, it's been going up since we got the masses guessing, wondering what's next. Yo, tax Yo this is exclusive. Kofifi, Kofifi, it's such a shame. The world's in a mess and Kofifi's to blame. Kofifi, Kofifi, ain't it so true? When you've got Kofifi, no Fifi will do. Kofifi for me. Kofifi for you. You say Kofifi and I say Kofifi. You say Kofifi and I say Kofifi. Kofifi, 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 Kofifi. Let's call the whole thing off. You say Kofifi and I say Kofifi. You say Kofif and I say Kafifi. Kafafe, Kafefe, a cafe con leche. Let's call the whole thing off. Now a president says what a president means and usually it's chock full of proper language most consider well informed and thoughtful. With quotes so clever and contrived communications where they thrive. But not number 45, he says, Kofifi. Kofifi, 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 a word you've never heard. Kofifi, 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 it's probably not a word. Oh, Fifi, 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 Fifi,
into your brain and your crazy tweets are incomplete but you don't delete cause you're insane we know that it might sound absurd but the president says it's a word and although he's unbalanced as can be we know at least that we'll be just fine with Kofifi that's Kofifi you are listening to 102.3 WHIVLP New Orleans Community Radio, dedicated to human rights and social justice. My name is Jeremy Joyce from Epic Proportions. WHIV is important to me because I want to get that information. I want to get that education during the day, and I want to hear those funky beats late at night. I want to get down with it, and I want to be educated. W-H-I-V-L-P, New Orleans. This is Mark Steiner. And you're listening to the Real News Daily Podcast. Our coverage is sustained by listeners like you. For more information on how to donate to the Real News, please visit us at therealnews.com forward slash donate. Welcome to the Real News Network. I'm Mark Steiner. It's great to have you all with us. A 10-year-old from El Salvador, we don't know her name, but she died in U.S. custody on March the 4th. Carlos Gogario Hernandez, 16 years old, Juan de Leon Gutierrez, also 16. Eight-year-old Felipe Gomez Alonso. Seven-year-old Jacqueline Cal. 
and a two-and-a-half-year-old boy, we don't know his name either. They were all from Guatemala. And like the unnamed 10-year-old girl, they all died in U.S. custody, essentially alone, who had fallen prey to a policy of criminal detention of undocumented immigrants, and one that more than not separates children from their parents. No child has died in U.S. custody since 2010, until now. Now at least six have died. On top of that, Trump has announced a new immigration policy that would make family unification much more difficult for immigrants, especially Latino immigrants, and would also create what has been described as a very racist, merit-based system. To wade our way through all of this, we are joined by Astrid Dominguez, who is the Border Rights Center Director with the ACLU Texas. And Astrid, welcome. Good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. So this is stunning and very sad news. I'm just, I just, there's been a lot of arguments about what's happening since the deaths of these children. I mean, what do we know about the investigations? Who's running these investigations? Are they inside? Anybody from the outside? What exactly do you know about what's happening? That is a great question. Um, so we know that the agency, Customs and Border Protection, has um, agencies that also investigate. Um, they have their Office of Professional Responsibilities, they have the Office of Inspector General, and they have the Office of Civil Rights and Liberties. Um, so uh, we hope that they, um, this um, instances are are investigating um, the cases of these uh, children. Um, we know that members of Congress since the um, first death have um, requested more transparency and an actual, you know, through and transparent investigation of what led to the causes of um, these minors dying. Um, you know, we have not heard any um results uh, in the sense of the, this investigation. What's important to keep in mind is that this is an agency that often keeps all of this in secrecy. Um, and um, that's what's so troubling about, um, you know, this case. Is, it's tragic. I mean, this, that, that children are dying um, in custody. It's, it's a horrible tragedy. Sadly, it's expected. Um, the agency continues to, to fail to provide humane treatment and including adequate medical attention to children and or adults who are in their custody. So uh, do we know anything about the, the separation policies? Are they changing? Are families still being separated? Are children being held separately from the adults? What, what do we know about that? I mean, how is that really changing reality? I've, I've heard a lot of uh, uh, people saying different things, but what's the reality? So, um, as you know, we we have a um, we continue to have our litigation. This is L, um, which is about family separation. Um, so they they stop separating families. They they separate families in, in different types of context, um, according to them. If it's not um, directly related, let's say if it's a grandmother or if if, if a sibling comes with a, a younger um, sibling, then they you know tend to separate at times. Um, but, you know, we continue to have families arriving at our ports of entry and in between ports that are seeking asylum. But we also continue to receive um, unaccompanied children. So these are the minors um, that are unaccompanied that are coming and they're still arriving to our ports um, and our border um, seeking asylum. So we have these two population of um, vulnerable individuals that are seeking uh, for help. Um, and uh, it appears that the minor that passed away last week um, was an unaccompanied child, so it doesn't appear that that child was um, with a parent. Um, though we've heard 
um, in, in, in visits that we've done and or talking to the um, families that have been released that it also, they also separate by age. If um, I think they, they um, once you hit a certain age, they do not um, put you in the same um, cell that your parent, but they actually take you and put you with the unaccompanied children population. Um, and unless the minor, I mean, what it, what we've been told, unless the minor requires it or they're crying a lot, then they reunite them, uh, at least for, you know, for some little time so they can see the parent, but it doesn't mean that they're back together until they're released. So technically they're, you know, they're still somehow separating, even though at the end, um, they're reuniting the family for release, but while they're in custody, these children sometimes, unless they're tender age, meaning like younger, um, if you're over 10 or 12, like one of those two ages, like, I mean, above those ages, you will be separated from your parents. So um, a couple of quick questions here before we turn to this clip from, mm -hmm. from, from Donald Trump. I mean, why, what, what do you, what's your understanding of why so many people are coming at this moment and why so many children, why so many children unaccompanied? Well, what, 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 what's behind all this and what's really going on here? Um, we know we. I mean, that's that's a great question. Um, we can look at root causes. We know that the Northern Triangle, um, you know, it's going. Um, those countries, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, um, you know, they're fleeing um, violence. They're fleeing um, um, gangs. They're, um, you know, they're fleeing poverty. They're. It's, it's a factor of of things, and um, they're coming to our country seeking uh, for asylum. So, um, you know, the 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 situation in those countries has not changed. It hasn't gotten better. Um, you know, Honduras was was considered the capital murder, um, the, the murder capital of, of, of um, the world. So, um, you know, these are the countries where they're coming from. These are um, people that um, have um, experienced a lot in their home countries and throughout the journey um, and are now arriving to our um, country looking, you know, like with the hope of, of some, you know, looking for help, um, looking for refuge, looking, um, you know, they, they surrender to Border Patrol. These are families and children who are not fleeing the Border Patrol. Um, they see Border Patrol and they surrender because they they see them as a help. Yet, um, this agency that's um, arresting them, processing them, um, it's not treating them in a humane way. It's not, um, Border Patrol continues to use their deterrent strategy, um, and, and it's really deterrence their cruelty approach. They, um, they're trying to make them stop. They, they don't want them to come. And, um, you know, they are further militarizing the border and they're detaining children and families in horrible conditions instead of pursuing humane solutions. The population that's arriving to our border, it's very different from the population that was arriving um, 20 years ago, yet, they're using the same tactics. Um, this is, you know, they have to have a humane approach um, and they have to change the way they're doing things. And, you know, they're, they're opting not to do that. So tell me very quickly, just, just for our viewers, Astrid, talk a bit about, I mean, just a little bit about the work you do and, and the ACLU is doing there and what your border organization is actually in the midst of doing and what it has to do with these children's deaths and, and other policies surrounding that. Thank you. Well, they, um, the ACLU, we have so far filed two OIG complaints, and precisely we filed um, one uh, the weekend before um, 
the child, the, the last child passed away. And um, in that complaint, we precisely call out the conditions in which people are being held um, in the Rio Grande Valley. And um, they, uh, you know, we, we talked to about, uh, we interviewed a little bit over 120 families that share their stories and, um, you know, what they went through in, in the Yaleras and or um, the tents. I mean, this, some of these people slept, um, you know, outside, um, on the floor, on the on rocks. Um, they didn't receive adequate medical attention. Um, they were um, verbally abused and mistreated. Um, and um, a lot of them spend more than um, three to you know more than three to four days in custody. Um, so we're document with documenting this these cases um, both in the RGV and El Paso. We filed complaints um, and we've requested the administration, we've requested CBP to precisely investigate um, and change the the current policies they have. Um, CBP is currently violating their own standards. They have minimum standards they sh they should be meeting, and they're violating those by not um, treating both the families and children properly. So. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, so, so I'm, I'm curious, so what you just said, and so given the, the policies that are being challenged and pushed here, I mean, I, I, for, for you and our, and our viewers, I mean, let's listen to Trump for a moment here. And I'm very curious how you think what we're going to listen to and, and watch here, how this will uh, ameliorate or exasperate what's happening on the border, especially with our children, with the families, and what's going to happen with immigrants and, and in terms of family unification. This is here with the, what Trump had to say on the, on the uh, White House lawn here. Critical to ending the border crisis is removing all incentives for smuggling women and children. Current law and federal court rulings encourage criminal organizations to smuggle children across the border. Our plan will change the law to stop the flood of child smuggling and to humanely reunite unaccompanied children with their families back home and rapidly, soon as possible. Our nation has a proud history of affording protection to those fleeting government persecutions. Unfortunately, legitimate asylum seekers are being displaced by those lodging frivolous claims. These are frivolous claims to gain admission into our country. So, Astrid, I'm very curious if you had the opportunity just at that moment uh, to to uh, give a response to uh, Donald Trump, what would you say? Um, the so-called crisis at the border is a crisis that they're creating themselves. Um, this administration has done everything possible to stop asylum seekers from arriving to our country. During the family separation um, crisis back uh, last summer, the, we constantly heard um, Secretary Nielsen, former Secretary Nielsen, and CBP Commissioner now acting DHS secretary say, well, these families are separated because they're breaking the law, because they're arriving between ports, they should come to a port of entry. Um, families are arriving to ports of entry when they, families were arriving, and yet um, the U.S. government was turning asylum seekers away. And right now, they have um, a practice, uh, a policy called metering, um, and at for ports of entry, which is, there's long list you know, in Tijuana, there's about a list of like over a thousand people waiting to be processed for asylum. 
Um, and they keep, you know, they keep pushing um, people away. They say like, you know, you don't have, there's no asylum today. Um, sorry, we're full or we're not giving asylum anymore. Um, and there's a remain in Mexico policy um, about making and returning some people to Mexico to wait for their, um, you know, to, for their uh, for their process. So this administration has done everything possible precisely to prevent people from coming and seeking asylum. Um, even when um, unaccompanied children had the opportunity to um, have um, the um, do their their uh, third country in third country processing when they were in Guatemala, this administration got rid of that. So this administration lies and they say they're trying to make it error and they try to make it easier because they've been preventing that. I mean, it's illegal to seek asylum in the US and these people are coming here and, and, and they can seek asylum. But this administration is doing nothing to facilitate it. It's doing nothing um, to make it um, uh, more efficient to make it more humane. On the contrary, they're trying to deter families. That's why part of family separation happened. They wanted to send a message home and say, um, you're not welcome here. Asher Dominguez is the director of the Border Rights Center with the ACLU Texas and has joined us from Texas. Uh, and Asher, A, thank you so much for your work and thank you for taking your time with us today at the last minute. Appreciate you being part of this program. No, thank you for having me. This is Tharna Noor, and you're listening to The Real News Daily Podcast. For all of our audio coverage, go to soundcloud.com slash Network. I would give Cuba an ultimatum to get out of Venezuela. If they don't, I would let the Venezuelan military know you've got to choose between democracy and Maduro. And if you choose Maduro and Cuba, we're coming after you. It's The Real News Network, and I'm Greg Wilpert in Baltimore. What you just heard was Republican Senator Lindsey Graham on Fox News Sunday. Graham was answering a question from Chris Wallace, who talked to Graham about an article that Graham had published in the Wall Street Journal last week, in which he argued that the Trump administration ought to invade Venezuela, just as President Ronald Reagan invaded the island nation of Grenada in 1983, in order to oust a Marxist government there. Here's what Wallace and Graham said in full. You had a tough article in the Wall Street Journal this week, and you even talk about right. the U.S. invading Venezuela like Ronald Reagan invaded Grenada. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah, really. So here's the deal. I would do exactly what Reagan did. This is in our backyard. Trump said that he was for democracy against socialism, right. and he's drawn a red line when it comes to Maduro. If he doesn't act, everybody in the world's going to think he's weak. If he does act, it helps us with North Korea, Iran, Russia, and everybody else. Joining me now to discuss these latest efforts to escalate tensions between the U.S. and Venezuela is Alex Main. Alex is a senior associate for international policy at the Center for Economic and Policy Research, where he focuses on U.S. foreign policy in Latin America and the Caribbean. Thanks for joining us again, Alex. Thank you, Greg. So there's a lot we can unpack here. So let's start with the comparison between Reagan's 1983 invasion of Grenada and the situation in Venezuela today. What are your thoughts on this parallel? Well, uh, first of all, it's an absurd comparison. Uh, Grenada is a tiny island nation. Uh, I think the population is less than 100,000. At the time that it was invaded, uh, the, the absolutely minute uh, armed forces of Grenada that were 
divided at the time, uh, represented absolutely no threat and, and as such actually uh, posed no resistance at all to the U.S. invasion. Um, and of course, Venezuela is a, a much bigger country of, um, you know, just under 30 million. Uh, it has a standing arm, army of about half a million. Um, and so it would be obviously a, a much, much more, uh, you know, it, it, would, it would take a lot more resources from the U.S. to invade, and it would be